Welcome to the Real Film Nerds Podcast. Hidley Hoodley, Nerdorinos, and welcome back to another incredible episode of the Real Film Nerds Podcast. The episode is incredible, but the film is not. Oh man, dude, what why why you gotta open it like that? Come on, man. Well, I'm just Come trying to on. warn everyone. We're, we, we've got to, like, tease them at least to listen for, like, a couple minutes. It's like YouTube. Like, right now... you got to get them in that first, like, three seconds. Right right now, we've got, like, what, what, 45 seconds? we got nothing. Come on, man. Well, okay, fine. I'm your host, Mr. Hinshaw, Matt, photographer extraordinaire. Um, yeah, that's good enough. At Hinshaw Photo on all the social medias. Uh, waist deep in uh, Rattler's playoff games. And with me, as you've already heard, the one, the only, the incredible, mysterious Mike Talent. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry about what's going on. We're, we're trying to fix this. Trying to fix what? Just, just, you know... You you were trying to get it over with before we even had a chance to review it, you know? Like, you were just telling everybody what you thought early. We can't do that. We have to hold it back, man. Well, I told you this was going to be a quick one. And yes, that's what she said. <laughs> nice. Uh, but, yeah, no, I. you kind of gave away everything... Right up front, man. You, you you spoilered it, kind of. So I'm like a hooker? I'm just giving it away. Uh, I don't know. Now, hookers uh, are no the comment. ones that charge. Whores are the ones that give it away, right? Yeah. yeah. I always get those two confused, because I end up using usually losing money either way. Ah, yeah, you know, you know, you don't know when to put the money on the counter, when not to do it. Like, it's it's really awkward situation there at the end. Or I end up paying afterwards with uh, many, many medical bills. Yeah, well, I mean, the 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 reason that you go see a hooker is to to pay them to go away. Fair point, fair point. You know I had to take him to dinner, that's for sure. It's true. All right, man. So we are reviewing uh Dark Phoenix, the final Fox X-Men version uh before the acquisition by Disney. And uh, as you've heard, Matt doesn't think too highly of it. And, you know, I don't want to give away too much too early on, but I don't think too highly of it either. Dude, nobody thinks highly of this movie. Everybody is tearing it apart. Critics, individuals, friends, family, the people that actually go see it are, are not huge fans of this movie, especially because of the history behind it. I mean, this is 20 years of films ending like this. It's just, it's ouchie is the only way to describe it ouchie ouchie what is ouchie it sucks dude it sucks they 
you know, they didn't go out with a bang like the MCU, you know? In, in you know, Endgame was freaking amazing. I mean, it's not even half as good as Endgame. And it's the end of an era. It it truly is, just like, you know, Endgame. I mean, there's th- this whole year has been a really bad year for nerds. It just across the board. End of Game of Thrones, oh. end of wait, wait, wait. Fox oh, X-Men. Oh, so it's just, just a bad year for nerds? Yeah. I mean, it's a great year, but it's a bad Ner- year at the Neritos, same time. Yeah. See what I'm getting at? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I got it. You're, you're, you're right. Uh, Game of Thrones was awful. Well, no, they not so much it. awful, but it, you know, I mean that contributes, but it's the end of the Game of Thrones. No, no, but it was, it was. Yeah. In my, in my opinion, they did a lot of things I didn't like, so it was awful. Of course, but. It's super hard to end anything like that, especially Game of Thrones, which has had this buildup of, what, eight seasons? And they're like, oh, six seasons, or six episodes, we'll just finish it all up. Which is way too fast. In my opinion. Well, okay, so, think about it though, Mike. End of Game of Thrones, end of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we know it. End of, you know, the uh, Fox... X-Men, which, I don't know, it's not as big as the other two. There's a few others out there that I don't remember off the top of my head, but there's about six or seven big... Oh, um, Star Wars. It's the end of Star Wars. Well, as we know it. Well, not quite yet, right? Like, there's one more movie, right? No, this is it. This is episode nine is the end of the, what they're calling the saga... And then it's going yeah, but to. It's, it's 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 not out yet. That doesn't come out until December. Right, right but it's this year. It's twenty nineteen. Oh, all right. Oh, okay. All right. So it's just like I'm saying, it's a good and a bad year. I mean, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I'm getting super off topic, but all right, Mike. So uh, why don't you go ahead and give us the rundown on Fox's X Men? Dark Phoenix version two. All right, so uh, this is uh, directed by uh, Simon Simon Kinberg. It was uh, written by John Byrne, uh, Chris Claremont, uh, Dave Cockrum, Simon Kinsberg, and it's originally based on uh, comics by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. It's starring uh, James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Nicholas Holt, Sophie Turner, and this is about uh, Jean Grey begins to develop an incredible powers that corrupt and turn into a dark phoenix. Now the X-Men will have to decide if the life of a team member is worth more than all the people in the living world. All right. So since we already gave our opinions about Dark Phoenix, I think we're done with this podcast, Mike. Oh, wait. I forgot one thing. Mike, what are you drinking today? <sighs> oh, uh, so I am drinking a uh, lighter beer, and it's uh, Kugel's, uh Grapefruit Shandy. Dude, you're drinking a fruity beer? I'm drinking a fruity beer. That's kind of weird. Yeah, well, it's just it's a nice summer beer. It's 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 uh pretty relaxing uh when it's a little bit warmer. It's it's a nice, you know, 
It's not an IPA. I'm sorry, Matt. It's not a fruity IPA? No, no, it's not a fruity IPA. Although there are plenty of them, but this this isn't one of them. Well, Mike, I was at my neighborhood corner store, a.k.a. Walmart, and I picked up the last six-pack. I have not seen this before. I was hesitant to pick it up because I'm not a big fan of this fruit, but I picked it up anyways because I knew I needed a different kind of beer for this pod, so I'm stacked up on different beers in the fridge. But I picked up Four Peaks Brewing Company. Of course, I love my Four Peaks, but this is one of their seasonal brews. It is a peach golden ale. Ooh, peach golden ale. All right. How does that taste, man? Is it refreshing? The can says it's crisp, it's vibrant, and it's peachy. So, I don't know. It's okay. It's a it's a good beer. It uh, has a little bit more peach flavor than I would have anticipated, but it's not bad. It's almost like a peach uh, aftertaste, but I like it. It's definitely uh, lighter and more refreshing, but it's still 5% alcohol, so it's not bad. Oh, yeah, man. That's great. That's great. All right, so back onto the Dark Phoenix topic. Mike, how much of a letdown was this movie for you? <sighs> so, you know, I don't I don't want to sound like everyone else, but you know, they were kind of right on a lot of things and as far as critics go, this movie, the acting was awesome. The special effects were good. The story's shit. The acting was good for the most part. I have an issue with one. Who, who didn't? Who didn't you like? J Law. But she's well, dude. She straight up phoned it in. She phoned it in. She was just there collecting a check. Yeah, but I don't think she gets paid very much for these. I feel like she did this before she was a big deal. Not this. Not this movie. No, but all the well, yeah. I, I, uh, well, she was she was up and coming when she did the first one. Yeah, she wasn't as big as she is now, but still, she, she just phoned it in. She's like, "All right, write me my check. I'm out." All right. Well, without spoiling much, I don't I don't want to say too much about this, but yeah, maybe. Other than that, you know, it was okay. Most of the acting was pretty good. I mean, Michael Fassbender is always good. James McAvoy is always incredible. Everybody else did perfectly fine. In my opinion, she dropped the ball. Um, the chick that played uh, Storm, uh, I liked her a lot better than uh, Halle Berry's Storm. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Alexandra Ship. I thought she was a fantastic Storm. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, no, she was good. Uh, Evan Peters is, you know, Quicksilver. He's always great. I would have loved to have seen more of him, but, you know. Uh, the kid that did uh, Nightcrawler. Uh, he was really good. I really liked Nightcrawler in this movie. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there were some good performances. It, it's just the problem of the story just... I don't know. Yeah, dude, the story was crap. The script was crap. I mean, I will give this to them, though, that this is the closest to the original Dark Phoenix saga from the comic books... Next to the cartoon, it's definitely better than Last Stand, but I still feel that the X-Men 90s cartoon nailed the Phoenix Saga much better than this. 
But it's it's tough because I mean they introduced elements that I don't think should have been introduced, and they introduced them weirdly, and they were just kind of thrown in there. And I'm like, all right, whatever. We're doing that now. Um, everybody keeps talking about it. The train scene was a m- massive reshoot, and you can tell it feels like it's another movie. It doesn't even feel like it's part of this movie. Yeah, the train scene was kind of weird. Uh, I mean, more than kind of weird. Just, just It was just weird. It was beautiful. It was great action. It was wonderful, but it did not match the rest of the film because the first two-thirds of the film is slow and building up an explanation and all this other stuff, and it just doesn't match up. I'm glad they redid it because it ended... I don't know what the original ending was, but the train scene is probably the best scene in the whole movie next to the first, you know, what, 10 or 15 minutes when there's in space. Those two scenes are probably the best scenes in the whole movie in my book. Yeah, yeah, I I, I enjoyed the space scene for sure. And yeah, I I think you're right As, as far as the train. Like, I guess those are the major action scenes, really, when you think about this movie. it's Well, there's one more kind of in the middle, but... It's not super great, and the mutants really don't use their powers, and it's kind of odd, and it's just not... It's not at the level of the other two, and it's like, okay, you guys are these badass mutants. We all know you're badass mutants, even if you don't read the comic books. You've seen the other X-Men movies. You've seen what Magneto can do and what, you know, Cyclops can do and what all these other badass mutants can do and they don't even really use their powers in that fight scene what why uh that was gonna blow the budget man i guess I don't, I don't, I, I don't they know. still ended up re- having to reshoot you know a third of the freaking movie Ugh. yeah anyways you know um out of all the X-Men movies, now I'm not going to say all 20 films, or no, 12 films? Is it 12 or is it 20? I don't remember. Because they count... Uh, I think it's 12, man. Is it, 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 how could it be 20? Well, because they count all the Wolverine films and they count the Deadpool films as all part of X- the X-Men films, but I don't. I still don't even think with that. Like, There's X-Men 1 through 3, there's like the Wolverine, a couple movies, like three movies... There's okay, so there's the X Men one through three. There's um the Wolverine Origins First class. There's um the Wolverine, and then there's um Logan. So that's six. I mean, I can sit down and look them all up, and then there's two yeah. Deadpool movies. Okay, and then you got to remember all the new X Men movies that they redid. There's Days of Futures Past. There's uh, yeah. X-Men First Class. There's X-Men Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Dark yeah. Phoenix. All right. So where are we at? You at 20 right there? I think it is 12. Yeah. Where did all these other films come from? I don't know. I was just guessing since I had to sit down and count. Anyways, I don't include like the Wolverine movies and the Deadpool movies as X-Men movies. They're X-Men that are in this universe, but I wouldn't call them X-Men movies. The closest is possibly Deadpool because Deadpool does have members of the X-Men in the movie. And he is at the mansion in the second one. But out of the X-Men movies where it's the X-Men as a team kind of thing, I would say 
Dark Phoenix still isn't the worst, but it's damn close. Yeah. Okay. I really, really hated Last Stand. I thought Last Stand was just awful. But that's X Men Three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, that one was terrible. My favorite is uh, probably Days of Future Past. Again, taking all the Wolverine movies and the Deadpool movies and all the other ones out, just the X Men titled ones. Days of Future Past, I thought, was really good. Yeah, Days of Future Past was pretty cool. It was a really cool melding of the the first class characters with the, the original characters. And I thought they did a really good job with that for once. And I was like, hmm. Well, you know why? Because Days of Future Past is from a comic book. That storyline is from a comic book. Nice. But so is Dark Phoenix, and they dropped the ball on that. Anywho, all right, Mike. Well, we've already spoiled the living bejesus out of this maybe a little bit. So I will just get to the main, most important question of the entire podcast. Mike Talent, how does Dark Phoenix relate to the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Uh, you know, thanks for asking. And uh, this one took a little bit of looking, but I mean, it wasn't too crazy. Uh, the art director, uh, Ravi uh, Binsal, also worked on Avengers uh, Age of Ultron as an art director. Nice. All right. So here's your warning, people. If you still want to go see this movie or rent it or watch it on Netflix or whatever, and you don't want it spoiled, we are going to spoil it from here on out more than we already have. I guess we might have spoiled it a little bit, but not really. Most of that stuff we talked about was in the trailer, including the train scene and things like that. But from here on out is uh, no holds barred. Uh, Mike, uh, go for it, man. You're going to start this one off. Um. So for me, it was, you know, it was okay. Um, was I terribly disappointed by this movie? No. Uh, would I go see it again? No. Would I recommend you to see it in a theater? No. But if you like X-Men type things and you've been watching this saga for the last, you know, 15 years, sure, go watch it. It's not terrible. There are worse X-Men movies. Just barely, but the, uh, I mean, even, uh, even my wife was like, so the actors are really good, but that story was not good. I was like, man, this is from someone who doesn't like really follow comic book stuff really at all, or just kind of a casual moviegoer. And I'm betting she probably hasn't seen a large majority of the X-Men films. I think she's seen some of them, but I wouldn't say she's seen all of them, but she was just like, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't good. <laughs> well, like, and it's, and it's too bad too, because the dark Phoenix saga or just the Phoenix saga is amazing. It's one of the most admired comic book stories ever written. It was written in the early eight. Well, okay. Late seventies, early eighties. If you count the whole Phoenix saga, the Dark Phoenix Saga was the early 80s. 
the uh, Phoenix Saga was the late 80s. I mean, late 70s, sorry. Yeah, so, uh, it, I mean, it took a while to write, right? Like, it's a, it's, it's like a whole, uh, I don't know, I don't know what you call it, anthology? Uh, well, it's multiple, multiple issues. Like, the, uh, first, the first part of the Phoenix Saga, I have it here written down, is actually Uncanny X-Men Volume 1, Issues 100 through 108, so that's eight books, so that's a trade paperback right there. So that's, what, um, over, over pro, well, I don't, I'm not sure exactly how many pages they did back then, but it's probably close to 100 pages, maybe. And then um, the Dark Phoenix Saga, which the majority of this film is based on, but it's actually kind of the blending of the two is uh, Uncanny X-Men Volume 1 again, uh, 129 through 138. And again, that's a bunch of books. So it's a it's a, it's a a trade paperback for sure. It's not just like two or three issues. So it's a pretty well-built-up story. Definitely. I mean, I mean that's, that's a ton of uh, material. One thing I do applaud them, though, for in the movie and the comic book um, is they threw in the space stuff versus the last stand where they didn't have any space stuff because the dark Phoenix saga takes place. Uh, a lot of it takes place in space with a uh, alien race and uh, the Phoenix actually blowing up an entire planet, um, all kinds of craziness. Now that was one thing that was a little off putting in the film is the introduction of this alien race literally out of the middle of nowhere didn't make a lot of sense, didn't have a lot of, you know, they were just not a good villain. They really were not. because no, they weren't. They weren't. Right, because the Phoenix is the villain. Like, even in the comic book, the Phoenix is the villain. Like, she even goes on, is judged and put on trial for blowing up this entire planet. And so they should have stuck with the Phoenix being the villain. But they had to introduce this alien race because, you know, it came... I, I, I don't know. They could have left the alien race out. And then they had, what, Jessica Chastain play the main character? And, I mean, she did fine. And, yeah, they're not supposed to be showing emotion and all this stuff. But, again, that was probably, like, the easiest paycheck she made because she didn't really have to do a whole lot other than not show emotion. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I'm not saying it was bad. I'm just saying how the character was written was bad. It's okay, man. We can't like everything. And this is just one of those movies where we're like, you know, begrudgingly, we're like, those critic guys are right. Sorry. Yeah, they are for the most part, you know. Oh, and I realized uh, when you were talking earlier where I got the 20 from, it's uh, 20 years of films, but it's only 12 films. That's where I got it mixed up. Oh, okay. And I can't blame it on booze because I'm only on my first beer. So that's a major problem. You need to you need to get your emergency drinking beer. You mean my emergency drinking whiskey? Uh, maybe. Well, maybe hold off on that for a few minutes until we're done. Yes, sir. Right away, sir. All right, Mike. So, what else uh, in the spoiler realm do you want to discuss? Oh, dude, I just thought of one that I really liked and caught me really off guard, and I kind of like it and I kind of don't, but I like the scene. Was when uh, Nightcrawler basically loses his shit and turns into a psychopath. Yeah, that was interesting. 
you nailed it right on the head. He he just he 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 sees too many people get hurt, and he just loses his shit. I mean, that's a that's I I think that's the best way to describe it. He he just loses his shit and just starts wreaking havoc. And with that teleport stuff, it's awesome, but also like extremely scary. Yeah, dude, it's psychopathic, and which is not really how the Nightcrawler really is in the comic book, but I kind of liked it in the movie because it just shows what he can do with his ability. I mean, that one that one murder where he teleports a dude in front of the train and then teleports back into the train, I'm like, whoa, that was sadistic. I mean, that was, wow, that was brutal. That was brutal, but I... I didn't feel bad because, well, I mean, we're kind of already in the spoiler section, but like these people were also doing all kinds of stuff to them. And it was like, all right, you want to play like that? Boom. Front of the train. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. It was all the, the messed up alien race that was trying to take them out, you know? So they, you know, he just lost it and he, that was it. It was over. I mean, he. Uh, I have to say, he was probably one of my more favorite characters in this film. One I wasn't a fan of, though, was uh, Charles Xavier. They made him look like this raging alcoholic, horrible person that screwed up Jean Grey and all this stuff, which is not from the comic books. They took that from The Last Stand. Yeah. I didn't like that at all, because that's not really how he is in the comic books. Yeah, no, they definitely played him up to be the villain. And then one I liked is uh, the introduction of uh, Genosha. That's the uh, island where uh, Magneto, uh, Michael Fassbender, was. That plays a major, major role in the comic book world. Uh, Genosha is basically a safe haven for mutants, and it becomes this big, giant, built-up city and all kinds of stuff, and that's kind of where the mutants are and stay and live in the comic book world, and it was cool to see the uh, makings and the start of of that whole community and that uh, island and basically nation, and so that was kind of cool to see that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, it, it, I mean, yeah. No, it, it, it was really cool. It was really cool. Well, and you see what they're building their homes and different structures out of are all shipping containers and it's all kind of stuff that they found lying around in the ocean or on the island or whatever. And that was that was pretty cool, you know. Def- yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, here you go, Mike. I got one that was just ridiculous, stupid, I don't understand, didn't make sense. Dreadlock guy. Uh, Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's all you got? That's all you got for a guy that literally is mutant power is flinging around his freaking dreadlocks and he kicks Storm's ass and all he can do is fling around his dreadlocks. But yet she can conjure lightning and wind and snow and all this shit and dreadlock right, dude right. is kicking her ass. All right. Uh, I don't know, man. It was weird. Like that was the weirdest power I've, I think I've ever seen on the screen. You know, I kind of just rolled with it, but I'm like, eh. I don't know. Like, I also feel like Magneto was super friendly with, you know, the X-Men. And he doesn't usually be like that, but 
this time he was. I I don't know. There was there was some there were some weird things. Well, and that's specifically the scene that I'm talking about is where it's the middle action scene when they're going to after uh, Jean Grey and it's in New York City, I think. And the dreadlock dude gets going and Magneto, you know, who's this all power Omega level mutant barely uses his powers. I mean, we all know what Magneto can do. Storm doesn't even really touch her powers. It was just that whole action sequence was just awful. It was just horrible. Mike, are you falling asleep? No, not quite yet. Wakey, wakey, eggs and bakey. But we should probably wrap up pretty soon here. Because you're falling asleep because you had too many beers? Perhaps. All right, Mysterious Mike. We'll do it. We'll I'll stop. We're only, a, you know, we're around our time. We're around 30 minutes. So you don't have anything else you want to add about the spoiler section about anything it just wasn't that great of a movie. I don't know. What What about the fact that Charles Xavier isn't drinking IPAs? He drinks, like, a brown liquid the entire time. Some form of whiskey. I'm neutral about that. You know, people can drink whatever. You're neutral about... I, I figured you'd be, why isn't he drinking IPAs? No, no. I'm, I'm okay with him not, you know... <laughs> Okay, Mike. Okay. We'll end it since you're falling asleep. All right. Go for it. How many reels? Come on. I think I'm only going to give this one two and a half reels. And I feel like that might be a little generous. I think it's very generous because I only give it two reels. Oof. Yeah. All right. But I'm, I'm okay with it. Two and a half reels. Did it. All right. So if Mike can stay awake long enough for uh hopefully later in the week we got an official email from the website Ooh, yeah we did it's awesome from a man named ray i'm not gonna read his last name he writes in just real quick just one sentence not sure where he's from but he asks just wondering if we will hear your opinion of the new godzilla movie so, Mike, are we going to talk about Godzilla? Uh, yes. Yes, we are going to talk about Godzilla. Uh, it's going to be likely our next pod, right, Matt? Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure when I'll get this one edited and put up, but it'll be either Tuesday or Wednesday, and then we'll do the other one either Thursday or Friday this week. Some, something like that. So. All right. Sound good? Does that work for you, Michael? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that sounds good. All right, so we got one more. We have a bit of a giveaway. Now, Mike, did you do what I asked? Oh, uh, find a question? Yes. No, 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 I'm a terrible person. Well, I, that's beside the point. But did you uh, find a question that you want our listeners to answer to win a free digital download of Lone Survivor? Uh, no, I didn't do anything. Can you think of one off the top of your head real quick, or do you want me to try and figure something out? How many movies has uh, James Cameron directed? Wow. Well, see, I was going to go with something a little easier than that. 
something related to the podcast, like, you know, what was your pick for uh movie of the year on the Poindexter Awards? I was thinking something like that. Oh, okay. We, we can do that. Or maybe, or maybe, what about the one, uh, uh, what your favorite sandwich was from the Poindexter Awards? Because, I mean, that's one of my favorite questions. <laughs> that was a, a very unique question, Matt. So, yeah. Yeah, let's do what the favorite sandwich is. Okay. So, for those of you who are listening, all three of you, if you want a digital download copy of The Lone Survivor, I'm not going to tell which person it is, if it's going to be the first emailer, the last emailer, or the 12th emailer, uh, you email us the answer to what Mysterious Mike Talent's favorite sandwich in a movie was from the Poindexter Awards, episode number 100. And shoot those answers over to nerds at realfilmnerds.com. Make sure and include... Your name, um, your answer, and what state or what town you're out of, and we'll uh, announce it. Probably not on the next pod, but let's do uh, you know a pod next week. So not the Godzilla pod, but one of the reviews we do next week, and then I will uh, email the code out to our winner. So. For those of you who want a uh, 1080p digital download code, it's uh, ultraviolet code. For Lone Survivor, shoot us those emails. Again, nerds at realfilmnerds.com. All right, Mike. Well, uh, I think we covered everything. We're going to talk about uh, Godzilla for our next pod. Hopefully, I will uh, not be a slacker and get it up either Thursday or Friday of this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I think Godzilla will be interesting for you. Well, good. I am looking forward to it. And hopefully you will not fall asleep quite as bad. Maybe you should get a coffee stout. Do they actually have caffeine in them? Um, yeah. Yeah. A lot of them do. Yeah. Well, maybe that might have to become one of your beers for your, uh, in between one of your five IPAs. Okay. I will consider this option. <laughs> See, but then I'm going to keep you up all night and then you'll get mad because you then you won't sleep. So I don't know. Maybe we need to rethink this idea. So, all right, Mike, to be pondered later. Go ahead. Get us out of here. All right. Uh, well, you know, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll catch you on our next pod. Thank you for listening to The Real Film Nerds. Now don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Real Film Nerds. Now go out and catch a movie.